Hi, I'm Jillian, and you're listening to the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast, where each week you'll learn tools and actionable tips for improving your relationship with food, your body, and yourself so that eating can feel easier. If at any point you'd like to learn more about my coaching programs, download free resources to support your progress, or just see photos of my adorable dog, you can go to www.bitesize.es to learn more. Thank you so much for listening, and let's hop in to this week's episode. Today, we're going to talk about stories. And we're going to talk specifically about stories and misconceptions around working on your relationship with food. And I'm going to use, I have a little bit of information from some scientific research papers. I also have some experiences from my own life. So this is going to be a combination of vulnerability, coaching experience, and some current science. So here's the thing. Because we tell ourselves a lot of stories about who we are and what we are capable of. Some of these stories are helpful and some of these stories keep us stuck. You might be well aware of the stories that you tell yourself about your body, your abilities, or your tendencies. You might say like, I'm just not good at X or everyone else is better at X than I am. The stories about your body might have come from so long ago or they might be recent You might tell yourself, I will be more attractive when I weigh X. You might have internalized these stories so much that they don't even seem like stories, that you take them as a fact. And I want to start out this episode by encouraging you to try on a new potential story about yourself and your relationship with food. Whatever your story is about how you relate to food or what your body looks like or should look like, I want you to try on the belief of whatever my struggles are right now, I have the capacity to learn, grow, and change. And this is coming from someone who struggled with what seemed like a totally out of control sweet tooth for like most of my life. I was someone who truly believed that the only way that I could keep my eating in check, especially around sweets, was to control as much as I could possibly control. And I was also someone who, until a few years back, I never thought that I could trust myself to just like eat like a normal person without some type of restriction, rule, or diet to keep me on track. And by the end of this episode, I hope you're going to have a clearer picture of what self-trust around food can look like and how important it is and how totally possible it is for you. And here's the thing is I found macro tracking years back and I thought it was the thing. I had already tried restricting by a ton of other methods. I tried going on a sugar detox. I was gluten-free. And then I tried controlling my surroundings by only having like very healthy food in my house. And none of that was sustainable. So I found this macro tracking and I was like, oh my gosh, I can eat whatever I want within these constraints. However, that was not sustainable either because it was still another set of rules. And I had always had struggles with my weight. And my story was that I couldn't just let myself relax around food because relaxing meant weight gain, overeating, and that feeling while you're eating something being like, fuck, I should not be eating this. And I thought that the only people who could actually eat normally and relax around food and enjoy themselves were the naturally skinny people, the ones who never had any reason to develop hangups around food. But me... My story was, I'm someone who can gain weight just looking at a croissant. No, no, I need restriction. And when I started to learn about the concepts of intuitive eating and mindful eating, I was like, oh, that sounds great, but no, I can't do that. 
And this is the same reaction I've gotten from many clients when we first start working on mindful eating habits together. This idea of that can work for some people, but not me. I just need the restriction or I will lose control. And for me, at the point that I found out about intuitive mindful eating and started opening my eyes to them, I was practicing intermittent fasting and macro tracking at the same time. And those are two ways of eating that pretty much completely disregard your internal cues and are solely based on external rules. And I kind of knew that long term, neither of these things were sustainable for me, but I didn't know that there were any other alternatives. And the longer I stuck with these different diets and rules, the less connected I became with those internal cues. I would ignore my hunger until I was starving. And then when I did allow myself to eat, I would eat so much of what I claim to be like healthy foods that my belly would often be uncomfortable. I would often eat like a gigantic salad bowl or a whole pound of strawberries. But since it was low calorie and since it was quote unquote healthy, I thought I was doing the right thing. I kind of kept perpetuating this story of like, well, anytime I don't have rules, I'm the person who overeats, especially when there's temptation around. And so, of course, I needed the rules to avoid the temptation. And the battle with food and my body as being this thing that I needed to control only ended when I realized that how I wanted to live my life did not align with the behaviors, habits, and thoughts that I had developed around food. And these thoughts and behaviors that I had were perfectly in line with diet culture. And this is the culture all around us that drives us to believe that a smaller body is always a better body and that if we're just focused enough and disciplined enough, we can reach this ever-changing body standard. Diet culture does not have our well-being in mind. Diet culture is interested in money. And there is a lot of money to be made telling women or telling anyone really that their bodies are not good enough and that their bodies will only be good enough if we change them. And we will talk about diet culture, what it is, and how to start understanding and working through diet culture influences in a later episode. But first, let's go through three misconceptions I had about adopting mindful eating habits and letting go of dieting and restriction and what actually happened instead. And so my first worry, my first misconception about adopting mindful eating habits was that if I give up dieting, I will end up eating too much. And I really believed this because I was the person that was hungry all the time. I was the person that if you offered me food, I would always say yes. But I didn't realize that the reason why this kept happening is because I had been living in a state of restriction for a very long time. I had such an ingrained scarcity mindset around food, this feeling of never having enough when it came to food and needing to take advantage when food was in front of me, that getting over that mindset was really the key to learning how to eat in a way that actually satisfied my body and stopped overeating. And so, as I mentioned before, I would eat like a giant amount of only quote unquote like healthy low calorie foods. And so physically my body would feel full, but I would still want more. And so of course, There was this worry of like, if I start to practice mindful eating and allow myself to have more choice when it comes to food, have more variety in my meals, I'm going to eat way too much. And what actually happened was this. As I started to incorporate new foods into my diet, and as I allowed to let, or I started to allow myself to choose, do I want to eat this thing or do I not want to eat this thing? How is this thing going to leave me feeling? 
I started to build trust that I would always be able to eat more if I wanted to. So this constant hunger disappeared because I was actually feeding my body enough, but also the mental urgency around, I got to eat this now, disappeared. And the truth is, is that becoming present to my hunger and my satisfaction and allowing myself to eat enough, to eat regular meals, to stop skipping meals, I've gotten to the point where I haven't felt that feeling of, oh my gosh, I ate way too much or I can't stop in a really, really long time. And I want to give you a specific example. So we used to do these barbecues with an Argentinian friend of ours who's a chef. So you do these amazing like Argentinian asados. And every single time we did them, I would end the meal feeling totally stuffed, uncomfortable, and of course I would feel super guilty. And I used to feel so guilty for how much I ate that I would throw away the leftovers because I thought, well, I need to get them out of the house. I've already had too much. And then, of course, next time the barbecue would come around and be like, oh, I never get to eat this. So I'd eat again, way too much. And since I've started practicing mindful eating habits and also reassuring myself that no, much, no matter how much I eat today, I still get to nourish my body tomorrow, I feel totally calm in these situations. I eat more slowly. I pause and I check in with myself and ask if I actually want to eat more. And if I do end up overeating, it is never to the extent that it used to be. And honestly, I don't remember the last time that I ate so much that I felt like sick. And the mental part, the guilt side of it, that's totally gone. Which means that in practicing these new behaviors, these mindful eating behaviors, I get to engage fully with the experience of being with people instead of stressing over, shit, I know I'm going to overeat. I know I'm going to feel terrible. And that just perpetuated the cycle. And my second sort of misconception around what would happen if I started adopting more mindful eating behaviors is I'm going to gain weight and I'm going to be less attractive and I'm going to hate my body. And honestly, I had put so much work into that skinniest, fittest version of me, which I was convinced was also the best version of me. But honestly, I was boring. (laughs) I was boring because I was constantly thinking about food in my body and I was mentally drained from not eating enough food, mentally restricting food, and obsessing and overthinking food. And I'm not going to lie to you. I did gain weight. But for me, when I was in this period of dieting, I was too lean. When I was stuck in this period of restriction, I didn't have a period. My hair was falling out. I was cold all the time. I woke up in the middle of the night really hungry at least a few times per week. And my energy levels were like in the basement. It was so bad. I was tired all the time. And so yes, while I did gain weight, I also got my period back. My hair looks amazing, if I may say so myself. I have so much mental energy and physical energy to be the best friend, dog owner, business owner, partner, coach. So much energy and it feels so great. And I get to be a fun person again. And yeah, my body is squishier than it used to be. Totally. But my dating and sex life actually got so much better and I actually feel more attractive than I used to be because I am so much more connected to who I am as a person, which is a really cool side effect of doing the work with your relationship with food. And if you were to ask me, well, will I gain weight if I adopt mindful eating habits or work on my relationship with food? I would answer maybe, but also maybe not. When I take a look at my clients who have gone through the process of becoming mindful eaters and trusting themselves around food, all of them feel better well-being wise. And some of them that had extra body fat to lose have lost some of it. Some of them 
that were maybe a little bit too lean, they've maybe gained a little bit. And I want to let you know that even though you do adopt mindful eating behaviors and unconditional permission to eat, you can in the future decide to pursue intentional fat loss. However, it's going to be with a different approach and it's not going to take up the same amount of brain space that it is when you are in sort of a very obsessive dieting period like I was. And the last misconception, well, this is not the last, there were a lot of them, but I chose sort of the three big ones. My last misconception around, you know, if I give up dieting, if I adopt mindful eating skills, I won't be the fit girl or the healthy friend anymore. And I had built an identity around what I looked like and what I did on a daily basis, not who I was as a person. And yes, I did have to let go of the identity of being the fit girl and the healthy friend, but I also got the opportunity to figure out what my identity actually was and what I wanted it to be. And I'm still someone who values health and fitness, but my expression of what that means isn't my whole personality anymore. Yeah, I go to the gym and I eat my veggies regularly, but that's just a part of my life, not my whole life. And I remember my friends used to joke, like, Jillian can't eat that because it's not healthy. Of course Jillian's going home early. She's got to go to the gym in the morning. And here's the thing is we, we kind of lose ourselves when we put so much energy into food in our bodies. And for me, when I took a look at my values, health was one of the things on the list. But what I also valued were creativity, connection, freedom, And all of those things had been put on the back burner so that I could reach this goal of finally feeling like I looked how I needed to look and like I was eating how I should eat. And so to overcome this, I had to flip it around. I had to take a look at what activities can I do more of that support creativity, connection, and freedom. And then I could put more energy into being the type of person that I wanted to be and the way that I ate and exercised could fit into that. And this is, this is one of the skills we work on right at the beginning of group coaching is we actually look at like, what are your core values? And then how does the rest of your life sort of fit into that? It's such a cool experience. And so before we hop into actionable tips, I want to share a little bit about some research that currently exists to support mindful eating behaviors. And this is a fairly new area of study. Um, Intuitive eating and mindful eating are fairly new, but current research seems to support that mindful eating and intuitive eating behaviors for health, reduced binge eating behaviors, emotional regulation, weight management, and overall well-being are really helpful. In one specific study from 2020 that had uh, over 200 college students, there was a strong association between higher levels of mindfulness and mindful eating behaviors and lower levels of mental distress around food and binge eating tendencies. And if you want to take a look at the study, I will link it in the show notes. But this was a really interesting one where they looked at sort of the behaviors around like being in touch with emotion, uh, behaviors around emotional eating, behaviors around uh, hunger and fullness, and how that related to sort of preoccupation with food and overeating and binge eating. There's another literature review of over 50 research papers related to intuitive and mindful eating that point to the likelihood that mindful eating can protect against feelings of being out of control with food to shifting emotional eating tendencies, overeating, and binge eating tendencies. And I can speak from personal experience and from my experience working with hundreds of people over the last half a decade, well, a little bit more than that, and that is that mindful eating habits can be a key to unlock self-trust with food in your body, even if you're someone that has gotten very, very used to being on the path of restriction and dieting. Diet culture, dieting, this pursuit of the perfect body 
has really disconnected us from our internal world. And the practices that you can learn as you start working on mindful eating habits help you reconnect. And this is why mindful eating is the core of my group coaching and my one-on-one coaching. And it's a big focus for all of the participants of the Confident Eater Group Program. And so with that, let's get into, as always, some actionable tips, some things that you can start doing today, tomorrow, as soon as you finish listening to this. And the first one is to get curious about the stories you're telling yourself. Do you tell yourself, I'm just someone who loves food too much? I'm just someone that has no self-control. I can't be trusted around food. I can't have XYZ food in the house. I won't love my body until it's X size. Millions of different stories out there that you can tell yourself. Now, I want you to identify and get curious about those stories. And now I want you to start telling yourself, I can change these stories. I have the capacity to develop skills, learn, and change how I think. This doesn't mean that you are going to start doing that like right now, but we want to open you up to the idea that you are capable of change. The next actionable tip is accepting that there is going to be a period of time where things feel uncomfortable. And if you've been, I'll give you an example. Let's say you have been restricting bread for years. It might feel really uncomfortable and a little bit scary to think, okay, I can eat bread now. If you've been eating in front of the TV every day for, you know, a year, it's going to feel really weird not to eat in front of the TV. And starting to change and become comfortable with eating bread whenever you feel like it or eating your meal while paying attention and not with the TV on, at the beginning and even in the middle, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And so prepare yourself for discomfort and also reassure yourself that you can handle discomfort. On the other side of that discomfort can be ease. But in order to get through the discomfort, we have to be okay with, I don't feel comfortable right now, but I know that I'm working towards something that can benefit me. Another actionable tip is to start working on acceptance that your happiest body may not be your smallest body. And this one I kind of debated putting in here because as an actionable tip, you can't just tell yourself, I accept that my happiest body is not my smallest body. However, we can start working on this idea of maybe my happiest body is not my smallest body. Start breaking down this like strict belief that I need to look this way in order to feel this way. I do want to let you know is that yes, you can lose body fat and practice unconditional permission to eat and mindful eating habits. And in fact, working on building these habits, if fat loss is still a goal for you, can make weight loss and weight maintenance in the long term so much easier. However, first, might need to put pause on this desire to lose fat right now and also work on accepting this belief of my body is going to change for the rest of my life, whether I like it or not. And we can start working on building joy and fun, and experiences in your life that add to who you are, even if your body doesn't look like how you want it to, yet, or maybe ever. And then the last actionable tip I have for you is to join the Confident Eater. And the reason I say this is because this is a group coaching program that is focused on helping you build a practice of mindful eating, help you get to the root of these current eating habits, 
and help you define what you want these habits, thoughts, and behaviors around food to look like in the context of the type of life you want to lead. And so we work on identifying your core values, building a practice of eating without rules, and building mindful eating habits and behaviors to support that. And also for those of us that are very self-critical, because I know this is very common when we are dieting or have been dieting, we also work on self-compassion skills. So starting to become friends with yourself and remove the self-criticism so that you can create supportive solutions when you find challenges, which challenges are always going to happen. Life is just like that. So in The Confident Eater, you are going to learn to check in with yourself and your body, make choices about what, how much, and when you'd like to eat. You're going to be able to go on vacation without having to, to make this choice between am I going to try and be good or am I just going to say, fuck it, I want to live my life. You're going to feel at ease saying yes to a spontaneous dinner invitation. You're going to be excited to enjoy tasty food without this worry of what am I going to have to do tomorrow to make up for this. So if you want more details around The Confident Eater, you can find that at bitesize.es slash the-confident-eater or in the show notes. So go into the show notes. There's the link there. Or you can come visit me over on Instagram at bitesizenutri and you'll find details there. And I want to share a little bit of feedback from two clients who have worked with me recently. And so the first bit of feedback is from my client, Megan, who worked with me in her relationship with food last year. And she says, every single aspect of my day-to-day life has improved since working with Jillian. And I say that without exaggeration. My mindset towards health has completely shifted. And in the past, I believed I was healthy because I was weighing and measuring all of my food when it truly had become something that for me wasn't healthy or sustainable mentally. Now I feel much more confident being an active participant in my life. Working with Jillian taught me so many things, namely connecting with the values I have with the life I want to slash am living. My life has opened up so much since working to change my habits and mindset around food. I feel more confident and comfortable with myself than I have in years. And I also want to share a little bit of feedback from Kelly, who just finished up The Confident Eater earlier in 2023. And she says, I came into The Confident Eater thinking I really just wanted to finally overcome my quote-unquote issue of binge eating certain foods, specifically granola butter, which side note, granola butter is like a granola tasting version of peanut butter. It's really, really good. Um, <laughs> okay, back to, the, to what Kelly said. Kelly says, turns out I got so much more. Not only did I gain more skills surrounding this specific behavior, but Jillian really helped me dive into the why behind it. It turns out it's not just because granola butter is delicious. She helped me unpack many of my food beliefs and fears that I had thought were packaged up and put away. She made me dive headfirst into some of my own beliefs and patterns and really made me take pause. Even as a nutrition coach myself, I found that I was questioning my own behavior with my nutrition practice and that I wanted more for myself. I feel more confident than ever to find the balance that I've been looking for for so long. And more importantly, showing myself the self-compassion needed when things don't go perfectly because, spoiler alert, they never do. I am immensely grateful for Jillian and her thought-provoking questions. Sometimes, truly, I had to tell her I didn't have an answer because her questions brought up so many feelings that I wanted to sit on before I could put words to my thoughts. So with that, The Confident Eater opens for registration April 18th. 
if you join the waitlist before April 16th, so before my birthday, April 16th, you will get a coupon code for $100 off of your Confident Eater enrollment. You'll also get a few more details in your email when you sign up for that waitlist. And you'll get access to a little workshop I put together to help you start working on your mindset before you even join TCE. So with that, again, uh, details are in the show notes or you can DM me on Instagram. And I want to thank you again for listening, for being here. If you have already left a rating and or a review, thank you so much. If not, go ahead and just tap like five stars if you'd like. Five stars is always very much appreciated. And go ahead and share this episode with someone who might enjoy what you've heard here today. Thank you, my friend, and I will see you again next week.